0: welcome to the Black and White Podcast. I'm Denise Pass, along with my co-host, Angela Donadio, and this month we are talking about such a needed topic. I know the tendency can be to want to avoid these topics, but that is not what God has called us to. We have got to represent Christ to a lost world, but with grace, truth, hope, and love. Angela, my heart breaks for the next generation growing up, hearing the confusing message our culture is telling them. It is like we cannot share the truth because it might be offensive, but how can we stand by and watch the lies be fed to them? That's such a good question, Denise. This is not a new struggle.
1: Every culture has wrestled with sexual sin, even in Jesus' day. And it might seem easier just to go along with the flow of modern culture, but abandoning truth for convenience has drastic consequences. And when we ascribe to labels, we end up feeling
0: defined by them and then
1: powerless to change.
0: Mm. The scripture for today's episode is taken from Romans 1, verses 25 through 27, the New Living Translation. It says, They traded the truth about God for a lie, so they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex, and instead indulged in sex with one another. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved." This passage was one of the first passages I studied when I became a believer. And what was striking to me was how this passage sounds like it is modern-day issues. Mm-hmm. But these things were happening over 2,000 years ago and beyond. There is nothing new underneath the sun. And yet there is nowhere in the Bible that suggests that same-sex marriage or relationship is condoned.
1: That's true, Denise. And one of my favorite passages of Scripture is Romans 12, where it talks about our bodies being the temple or the house or the dwelling place of God. Because of that, we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to Him. I was thinking as I said that, that I've heard somewhere that the problem with a living sacrifice is it keeps crawling off the altar. (laughs) We don't want to stay on the altar and allow God to change our hearts and our perspective and our attitudes. And sexual sin of any kind, not just homosexuality, is a sin against our own body. It brings shame and unintended consequences. God knows this, which is why He tells us we are to set apart our body to Him. He wants to spare us from pain.
0: Yes. The scripture that I read, it seems so, oh my goodness, you know, this is such a hard passage. But God would be unkind Mm. not to reveal to us what. It says that His wrath is being revealed against Mm -hmm. His people because they're worshiping the creation, our bodies and other things that He made to bring glory to Him, not to be worshiped, and we miss it. Sometimes I think as Christians, we are stunned by things in our culture, but they are the same sins going on in Noah's day. This does not make it okay, of course, but it reveals that the heart of man is desperately wicked and prone to corruption. But there is good news. We don't have to follow the inclination of our hearts or the crowd mentality. God's grace enables us to rise above temptations. Yes, thank God,
1: Denise, that I don't have to be a just a victim to my feelings. That's a very pervasive lie that we don't have any control over our thoughts or over our actions. We can't control every thought that comes into our mind, but we can choose to not allow it to take up residence. Just like you can't control if someone knocks on your front door, but you can't allow whether or not you let them in the house. We are not helpless when it comes to fighting temptation. James tells us that for every temptation, we are given a way of escape. And Hebrews says that Jesus is able to be our high priest and advocate for us because he was tempted in every way and didn't sin that strengthens me. I don't have to fight alone. And it helps me to extend grace to others because I
0: myself, Denise, so desperately need grace. Mm, We sure do. We all do. We can forget that when we've been a Christian for 30 years now for me, and you can just forget really how lost we were, Yes, you know, apart from His grace. So hopping on a boat, you know, an ark, (laughs) and sailing away from sinners is not possible because those on the boat also have sin issues to deal with. And if we do not deal with sin in our lives, as it says in our scripture reference today, then we are given over to sin. It is God's grace only that helps us to recognize sin in our lives and to turn away from it. And now I think God is calling Christians to rescue those who have given into the culture wars around us. Absolutely. And I thought of You know, Jesus
1: was referred in the New Testament um, by many and known as a friend of sinners. It was the religious leaders of the day that He actually had the harshest words for because they truly didn't care about others, and they didn't really care about seeing people delivered and free. When we truly love people, then we earn the right to speak into their life out of love. And you know, we can't convict anyone of sin. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Even Scripture tells us the law of the Old Testament, all it does is point to sin. It doesn't save us. It doesn't deliver us. It doesn't free us. That's why we needed Jesus. His blood is the only sacrifice that allows us to be free. Our feelings will lead us astray. And maybe you wake up one day and you say, you know, I don't feel like taking care of my kids today. Or I don't feel like loving my husband today. But see, that's dangerous. We can't be led around by our feelings. We have to be led by our convictions that are based on the word of God. Our, our feelings may indicate a problem that's going on and we address it, but we address it through the filter of God's word.
0: Mm, you know, there would be a riot here if I decided. <laughs> hey yep. guys, I'm taking a vacation. <laughs> My feelings won out. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> well, feelings can be powerful, but we are not powerless. Mm. We all have struggles to own, but our struggles do not have to own us. Somehow, we wrongly believe that we have the right to do anything we want. That's our flesh, Mm. you know, talking. This is not to say that the struggle is not a real struggle, you know, the struggle is real, (laughs) or that people do not feel the way they do, but I believe people become trapped by these feelings and labeled by their struggles. To tell someone that they cannot help the way they feel is deception, and it's not love at all. We truly do not have to be defined by our feelings. There is a way out. And another point in this is that when people try to say they have a right to do something, does that harm someone else's right? For instance, grown men using women's restrooms, we are putting a label on my ability to choose what I think is right. And those labels might feel like freedom, But it is actually enslavement. Mm, That is so true. And a label is very limiting
1: and it's applied based on a set of criteria. It might refer to a type of behavior, but it should not define us. When we label someone based on what scripture calls a sin or we label ourselves, and my definition of that label is based on sin, we are attaching a new identity that overrides the blood of Jesus. He died to remove the destructive labels that man attaches. And if we want to live truly free, then we have to say, Jesus, would your blood wash away every label that I have affixed on my life so that I can see myself the way you see me? Mm,
0: You know, and I think some listening might say, I don't really understand this. How can the blood of Jesus help me with my struggle that I feel so strongly? Mm -hmm. And I think it's because sometimes we speak in terminology, it can be like Christianese, you know, what does this mean? Well, when Christ died for our sins, all sins, that includes sexual sins, it includes any sin you know, that means that we don't have to walk in that former nature anymore. We can ask God for help. He bore the consequence of all of our sins. Not that we would continue in sin. And so we just have to ask Him. have to come and admit our need. Mm. So I was thinking
1: there, you know, the, I, I, off the top of my head, I'm not remembering the Scripture verse. It says, the wages of sin is death. In other words... Romans 3, oh no, 623. Yeah, we were separated from God by sin. But the gift of God, which came through Jesus, which is what Denise was saying, the gift of God, if we choose to accept it is eternal life. So we don't have to be powerless to just be trapped by your feelings like you're saying Denise. We can choose to receive this gift of grace that has been given to us through Jesus sacrificing his life on the cross, bearing the weight of our sin so that we don't have to bear it and we don't have to be defined by sin. We can be defined by grace.
0: Yes, and sometimes we want to say, but I want to be able to do this. Why can't God just let me do this? Mm. And we want to add to Scripture or take from Scripture, except for this page. I'll rip this one out here. (laughs) But that Scripture you're talking about, the wages of sin is death. God doesn't want you to die. He loves you, and He made you to glorify Him and to know Him. So Angela, when our culture claims a lifestyle is a right, despite Scripture seeming to be the opposite of that lifestyle, what is a Christian to do? Saying something is a right does not make it right. You know, when we
1: come to Christ, we lay down our rights, even though we still at times may struggle with temptation. There is a difference between sin, which, you know, Denise, none of us are perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect. I'm going to sin. But the Bible asks me to repent of my sin, to keep myself humble before the Lord and say, you know what, God? If there's anything in me that's not honoring to you, I repent of that, and can keep moving forward daily in our walk with God. That's different than a lifestyle of sin, which continually, intentionally, disobeys God's word. Scripture warns about us trampling grace underfoot, meaning again to not use Christianese, taking advantage of, cheapening this costly grace that was given to us. And we do that if we live any way we want and believe in the lie that somehow God doesn't care and and we can do anything we want and still be okay. That's not truth. And that's not scriptural. If we really want to be honoring God, we don't want to stay in a lifestyle that glorifies
0: sin. You know, I think for all of you out there who are parents and you tell your kid, don't stick your finger in the light socket. (laughs) You're saying that because you love your child. Mm. And what's your child going to do? Probably try to stick their finger in the light socket. And, you know, I actually had one of my kids do that and got zapped, you know. Mm -hmm. um, But, you know, God is setting these boundaries for us, which lie in pleasant places because He loves us. And put simply, we all have an inclination to do what is against God's will. But marching about it or proclaiming it as a right doesn't change our Creator's mind because He's good and He wants good for you. He is not cruel to limit us to His design. He is kind. He sets boundaries out of a heart of love. Yes, boundaries are there for our good.
1: We tell our children early on, like you were saying, don't play in the street or don't talk to strangers. And we don't let them stay up all night or eat entire bags of candy (laughs) at one time. Well, sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, Halloween maybe or some other special occasion, birthday, But early on, we teach that healthy boundaries are necessary and they're loving. I can choose to get up on your roof right now and I could think, you know, I can fly. I have the right to get on this roof and jump off. But I will quickly discover that the law of gravity disagrees with me. God established laws and boundaries to protect us, not to harm us. When we respect those boundaries and we live inside of them, then we experience the greatest joy and freedom.
0: Amen. Let's be clear. We all struggle in many ways, but when the inclination of our heart doesn't line up with God's word, we have a decision to make. Will we trust God's plan or rebel against it? We all have boundaries and temptations. I think another reason this is such a prevalent problem today is that people find their identity in their sexuality and in their struggle. But despite our gender, our sins, and any label we claim, our identity is in Christ. You are a child of God. In other words, I don't go around saying, I am a glutton when it comes to Reese's peanut butter cups. (laughs) You know, but many don't want to walk in the true identity that we have. Hmm. We have the opportunity
1: to lay any struggle down at the feet of Jesus and ask Him to take it. Anything that is trying to keep us bound, or like you said, to label us by behavior. We want Him to have His way in our lives. When we are tempted, He's able to make all grace abound to us at all times, having all that we need. That is powerful, Denise. You
0: know, have you ever uh, gotten a speeding ticket? Yes,
1: unfortunately. <laughs>
0: yeah, I have a feeling we're a couple of seconds <laughs> out there. But And they actually give you grace. Yeah, unmerited favor. You didn't deserve it. You were guilty as sin. Mm. And you were still, you know what? Don't do it again. And then you tell yourself, I'm going to be good now. (laughs) But you know, that's really what it is. So Angela, I'm working on a new book idea and God has just been working my heart as I write and one of the things he has shown me recently is that just as I do not want to be defined by my struggles, this is one of the key flaws in the reasoning behind gay or transgender agendas, they feel judged for being themselves, but truly they are not being themselves. It's not true to self to, or to oneself if a male says, I'm really a female. That's not being true to yourself, how God made you. It's deception. It's deception. That is when we are believing a lie and succumbing to it. Our enemy is cunning and such a deceiver. If he can get us to buy the lie that we cannot help our feelings or that we cannot overcome our temptations, then he has us labeled and stuck.
1: And anytime we believe a lie that the enemy has planted and we act on it... We are not being true to what God designed us to be. When we give into our flesh and sinful nature, which we are born with, we miss God's best for us. And you know, Denise, the Bible says we are all born into sin. So even the argument, well, I'm born this way, I can't change how I'm born. I'm born into sin too. The Mm -hmm. Bible says we Mm -hmm. all are. So that's just basically saying I am born with a terminal disease, And so if I do not take the medicine for that disease, I will die of that disease. The medicine that we are offered Mm. is the gift of salvation that Jesus offers because He died on the cross for our sins. So yes, we're born into sin, but that is not the ending place. That's the diagnosis. That's Mm -hmm. not the remedy. The cure is the blood of Jesus, which can can handle any sin, any struggle. Nothing is too big for the grace of God.
0: Amen. And I think I could even hear someone would say, well, wait, why are we born into sin? God made us that way then, Mm. you know, but it it was man's choice and we would have made the same choice in that garden. I'm telling you, we would have. (laughs) And because we're still making those choices today. One of the key components to this confusion over gender is pride. I know people say, you call me prideful? Yeah, we all have it. Uh, The heart of man wants to do it their way and questions the heart of God who is perfect and holy. But God defines us, not us. We can tell everyone we are something different than we really are, but we are still what God made us to be. I can dye my hair. P.S., I do. <laughs> On the outside, I'm a blonde, but the truth is my hair color, drumroll please, is really now a brunette. It is foolish to try and be something we are not, but when we are confused, God's word clears up the confusion. Yes, his word is a manual that guides us and
1: defines us. We are continually transformed or changed into being like him by spending time in his word and in his presence. So any area that is contrary to his word is an
0: area he asks us to surrender and yield so it doesn't keep us from him and his plan. For us. Amen. As we close this episode, I'd like to read from 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11. Do you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed. But you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. There is no sugarcoating this scripture. Our God is holy, and we all fall short, every single one of us. It is loving that He has righteous standards, leaving us in our sin as hatred, and He chose to bear the consequences of our sins so we could be set free. God's Word does not condemn us. He wants us to live an abundant life or we are free from our sins, not bound by them. We live in this fallen world and become disillusioned and wonder which way is right. God has not left us without truth. And when we struggle, there is encouragement in that struggle. We have not given up. And let's all remember that we are accepted, accepted by a holy God. Such a sacrifice on our behalf means we also must give our lives, give up our rights to live a sinful life. And while we have confusion on this earth, we know that God does not make mistakes and made us just the way He wanted to. And in heaven, there's neither male or female. Until then, let's live as God intended and glorify Him with our lives. His grace is enough. Guys, next two weeks, you've got to listen in because we have Caleb Calton back. And he's going to come and share on his book, Messy Grace. He grew up with two parents who were gay and converted to Christianity, and he has a compelling testimony. The raw truth is that we all could bear labels for our shortcomings,
1: but God gives us the label of child of God that trumps every other label. The radical grace is we are not defined by our struggle. And the real hope is nothing can separate us from the love of God, and He can enable us to overcome. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth.